Movie Journey Podcast, where not only do we break down one movie from the IMDb Top 250 list every single fortnight, but we also do a wide variety of other things, including Pod V Pods, games, trivia, we do quotes, we did taglines for some reason a couple of weeks ago, we do drafts, we talk to each other. Do we? Sometimes. <laughs> All right, no, that's... that's uh, that's you, at least a good uh, a good flavour, a good taste of what. That's we at least one here. segment that we do. You basically just went through every piece of that Pod V Pod segment. What yeah, else do we do though? It's a, what else do we do? Good question. Today I'm joined <laughs> by my. Uh, <laughs> Keep that a secret, are you? Very knowledgeable host, Hendo. Hendo, how are you going? I'm going. I'm doing great, buddy. Happy Father's Day to you, my Happy friend. Father's Day to you. Yes, of course. We did just have Father's Day this past week. Yeah, so. Australia or Australasia down under here have Father's Day. Uh, on a different date than America. America's like in June, I would argue June, that I think. America has it on a different date. That's a very date. good point. That's yes, right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, thank you for clearing that up. Well, you say some silly things. <laughs> I, can't even, I can't even fight this one. Uh, what was your uh, your most Father's Dayery gift that you received? In terms of Father's Dayery kind of things. Yeah, like terrible gifts. Oh, okay, well, my my youngest daughter uh, did a mug, like a coffee mug. She drew on it and all that. I said terrible gifts. No, wait, listen How for this. How dare you? Listen you to this. monster. <laughs> what sort of father are you? Are you done? Yeah, all right. I, I mean, I could have kept going, but yeah, okay, I'm done. She went and wrote her friend's name on it. <laughs> all right, that's pretty good. <laughs> well, last year I received a Rubik's Cube, right? A full working Rubik's and it's cube. still unsolved. Oh, I have not. I have not made the mistake of making making one move on that thing because I know as soon as I do, it'll be fucked. <laughs> it'll just be this fucking ball of mixed colours. <laughs> anyway, and actually, last year the yellow tiles all had the word "dad" on it, so you know Father's Day. This year, right? Instead of a working Rubik's cube, I got a Rubik's cube that is like a sponge. Right? It's just this what? soft, almost stress, stress ball, ball, but it's a cube. You can't stress ball a cube. It's it's very weird, but they loved it. So yeah, the good present I got was uh, a custom wallet with my initials on it and an inscription on the inside. Oh, I hate nice. expender. Yeah, I know. This is good. We need to swap kids. <laughs> <laughs> You've got that on record. <laughs> Ethan, Ethan said to me that um, he, t- he obviously uh, Britt gave him money to spend at the the stalls at school or whatever. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, I bought you a frisbee, <laughs> and then I went to the canteen. <laughs> Got me a chalky big M. No worries, buddy. (laughs) I got a frisbee that says Team Dad on it, so that's a win. You're really rubbing it in Brit's face. Went out uh, to the park and played frisbee, and I learnt that frisbee's a really hard game to play. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, enough of that, Hendo. Let's get back on topic. What are we doing on today's episode? Today is Pod v Pod 26, and we've got a rematch this time, mate. We've got Julio and Alex from the Contrarians. They're back with a vengeance after we, well, trounced isn't a word. Trounced isn't a, the main word we use here, but we beat them. That's what we did. Yes, we narrowly beat them, and we've been bragging ever since. Well, ever since they wanted to do a Keanu Reeves draft, and they let us go first. Oh, that's right. Yes, you have to take the Matrix first, guys. Yeah, that was poor Learn. form. Learn. Yes, hopefully, well, hopefully they haven't learned. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's going to be a good battle coming up. Then after that, we've got our question of the week. 
which is what is your favourite film made for under a million dollars? Mm, lot of interesting films there. Does that mean good? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Well, our top five will show that some good films we think are good. At least five. At least. But of course, we'll find out who wins our latest competition this week. And then after that, we're going to look at the results of the first half of the 1990s film tournament. And there's, uh, there's some shocking results. There's some fantastic results. There's a couple of bracket busters, I'll, I'll say that. <laughs> I am wrapped with the results of this first half. <laughs> and then after that, of course, we'll be talking about what else we've been watching this last fortnight, which is the first time this year Dean has actually watched more films than me. Good. It's bound to happen eventually. Yeah, I need to sit back and take a break, listen mm. to Dean's thoughts for a change. Maybe I'll come up with a quippy remarks. I highly doubt it. <laughs> Give me the update. All right, Hendo, what's going on on the IMDb Top 250 list? Any big movers, big fallers? How's the game of snakes and ladders going? Well, as we predicted, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood has dropped another 32 spots. Damn, that's huge in one week. Yes. (laughs) It is sitting at uh, 237 right now. It's been nice having you there. Andre Rublev has dropped six spots down to 202, and Toy Story 4 has dropped five more spots down to 194. They're your big movers. No one has really moved up, really, except a new debut in the list, a big debut. This is a film that has just received enough votes to make the list. It is Harakiri. It has got a very high rating on Letterboxd as well. Is it a 2019 film? This is a 1962 film. What the fuck? It is in the list now at number 29. What? 29? Yes, with an 8.5. That's ridiculous. 29? Wow, 25,000 votes. Yep, just just came in. But nothing else has really changed there. Out of the list now is your favourite of mine, Mirror. Good. And The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. And in its spot at number 250 right now is Aladdin. How the, good's that? The 1992 version, obviously. <laughs> yes. Yep, peaked its little head in at number 250. Let's see where it goes from here. Probably out of the list by next week. And I'm still reading up about Hurry Curie. <laughs> this looks good. <laughs> All right, mate, let's do it. Let's get into Pod V Pod 26. Let's get ready to rumble! All right, it's time for Pod V Pod 2016, where we have some of your favourite podcasters on for a battle of different movie games. And this week, it's Rematch Week. They're back with a vengeance, ready to try and take a win this time. We've got Julio <laughs> and Alex from The Contrarians. Guys, welcome back Hello. to the show. Hello. Thanks for having us. We're going to be ruthless this time. You don't get to pick first on the draft. (laughs) You've learnt your lesson. Good to see. (laughs) All right. As usual, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and the podcast? Uh, Do I do the honors, Alex? Yes. My name is Alex. The one with the accent is Julio. And uh, we comprise the Contrarians. Uh, we do a podcast where our mantra is we like to rage against the Rotten Tomatoes machine, find a movie that's highly rated on Rotten Tomatoes, make a case for what's not so great about it, uh, and vice versa, find a nasty green splotch of Rotten movie and make a case for the good in it, uh, be it as if it's how we really feel or not. Uh, we have a first half where we force an opinion, and then the second half where we tell you how, you, how we really feel. All to prove that this stuff we call movies and film is all subjective. And also to just, you know, make fun of Rotten Tomatoes and <laughs> their weird, uh, just... The hyperactivity of criticism and <laughs> yeah. the, the general scene of just uh, critics. I'm all, I'm all on board with, uh, with uh, making fun of Rotten Tomatoes. I can't stand Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. You shouldn't. It is funny listening to some of your episodes sometimes when 
you're giving obviously your contrarian opinion, and I forget that. So when you say something bad about a film I like, I'm like, what the hell? Oh, oh, oh right, that's right. That's not that's not their opinion. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, it's a lot of fun. Sometimes it takes a lot of work to be really negative about a movie that we also like, yeah, just for the, for the sake of the game. But uh, but then that's why we have real talk in the second half because that way we can really express our opinions. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because if you didn't do that, some people might just be like, that's actually their opinion. <laughs> you guys have no well, idea. One-star ratings. <laughs> well, we get a lot of people on, on Twitter. Like, I, I get the feeling that I would say maybe 10% of our followers on Twitter, they don't they don't get the gimmick. <laughs> like, they just, you know, I think that they follow the account, but they don't listen to the show. And so they just go by the stuff that I tweet. And <laughs> everything I tweet is the contrarian position. So I'll be talking trash about a movie that's really good, and they'll follow me because they think that that's awesome. And they they never get to find out how I really feel. <laughs> All right. All right, gentlemen. You've, you've done this before. Let's get into it. Let's start off with our standard movie quiz. Pop quiz, asshole. Five questions, one point per correct guess. All right. We will ask the first question. Who wants to go first? Julio, kick us off. All right. I'm still getting some Coca-Cola through my system, getting I'll, jazzed up. I'll take it. I'll take it. All right, Julio. In the category of comedies, in Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery... What was the name of number two's henchwoman that Austin seduces? <laughs> Wait, that's the Austin Powers International Man of Mystery. That's the first one, right? Uh, I just watched this movie the other day, too. <laughs> <laughs> I, dude, I saw it in theaters. I don't think I've ever seen it beginning to end. It's really funny. Since, uh, it's got to be something silly. It's going to be Mama Dolores. Good Lord. <laughs> no, it was actually a lot of a lot of vagina. Oh man, I should have known that. Who plays <laughs> you that? You should know that. <laughs> oh, there's one that has. Uh, is it in the second one where uh, the the woman from Third Rock from the Sun? Yeah, that's uh, Ivana Hump a lot. Okay, there you go. Yeah, that's the one I should have known. <laughs> I take it back. All right, good start, Julio. <laughs> okay, yeah. who who's taking the question on your side? Yeah, Dan, I'll take it. Dan can go. All right. So we did questions after uh, actors that play a pivotal role in our podcast lineage. So starting off with uh, this, the category, I guess, would be Robert De Niro. Uh, as Pat Sr., his wife Dolores was played by Jackie Weaver in this movie. Silver Linings Playbook. A winner is you, sir. <laughs> yes. Man, I would not have got that. Really? Yeah, I wouldn't have got it. <laughs> oh, man. For the, the strategy of always pick Dean first is, is going to backfire <laughs> yeah, now. Take that. <laughs> Not such an easy mark anymore, eh? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Alex, your first question here. In the category of family films, what Oscar winner appears in the Night of the Museum franchise as Pharaoh Akmenra? Oh, Lord. Come on, man. <laughs> we're, we're, we've got the inverse going right now. Um, I'm literally thinking of everyone else in that movie right now. Hank Azaria, Amy Adams, Robin Williams. <laughs> I'm not going to get this. That's an O for two with the contrarians. Oh, my God. Just just guess. Just throw a guess out there. Yule Brenner. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe don't throw a guess out there. <laughs> uh, it was actually, actually uh, Rami Malek. Oh. Yeah, he's the pharaoh. See, that that's messing with my head because I was thinking an Oscar winner then, but no, he won yeah, this past that's year. that's right. Well done, well done, well done. <laughs> Thank you. All right, I'll take my first question here. All right, moving along. The category here is uh, Miss Ronda Rousey. And uh, the question um, 
Actually, I worded this more like a Jeopardy thing, so the answer. Uh, she was the second female MMA superstar to have a role in this franchise. Uh, man, I'm going to take a stab at the movie, but I can't think of who the uh, first UFC star was in the franchise. But all I can think of in terms of franchises she's been in is uh, Fury 7. Yeah, that, correct. Uh, it was that. Yeah, Julio. When I was asking him or going over that question, he was like, "She wasn't in that." And I was like, "According to this, she was." Well, I remember the first one because the first one was Gina Carano in uh, Fast Six, I think. Oh yeah, that's right. Of course. Yeah. All right. All right you guys are off to a commanding lead. Yes, two nil. It's nice, always nice. nice. All right, back to you, Julio. The category is coming of age. What 2002 drama follows a young Maori girl trying to claim her place as chief amongst a strictly patriarchal New Zealand tribe? Jesus. <laughs> Don't ask me to say that again. <laughs> okay. Young girl, New Zealand, 2002. Alex looks pretty confused, so that makes me feel a little better about myself, <laughs> but a little worse about our odds. Um, I'm thinking movies that are not New Zealand movies. Okay. Stab in the dark. Uh, the squid and the whale? No. No, wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. I got the wrong one. Hang on. It's a whale something. Uh, is it the whale rider? Okay, final answer. Whale rider. Oh, oh come on. Oh, 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 give it to y'all. Oh. <laughs> I, I said squid and the whale, but I, w- I meant whale rider when I was, I was thinking oh, yeah, of the poster. I haven't seen either. But <laughs> to be fair, English is his second language. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I translate everything to Spanish. And uh, so after I got to Ballena, I just got really confused. That's all right. We'll give it to you. Maybe, maybe if it was too all at the moment, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, Dean, your turn. All right. So uh, Scott Kahn, who has a, is a very famous uh, actor on the Contrarians podcast, uh, he shared the screen with Angelina Jolie in this 2000 action thriller. I, the only reason I had a question mark there was because it was described as an action thriller, and that kind of surprised me. <laughs> Lots of hints there, Dean. Uh, yeah, I've, I've got absolutely no idea. I will say 2000. Uh, say Tomb Raider. No, I think that was 2001. Was it? Yeah. It was gone in 60 seconds. Oh yeah, oh, that's uh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yep. yep, I did. I didn't know. I was. I was looking. <laughs> I was giving Alex a blank look. See, the thing <laughs> I had to put Angelina Jolie in there because if I if, if you lead with Nicolas Cage and give the year, it's just it, it's almost too easy. I don't think he would have got it either. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who's up? Alex, you're up. Yes. Category is 80s. Who wrote the screenplay for the Brian De Palma film Scarface? <laughs> One another constant in our uh, in our podcast is that we constantly talk trash about Scarface. <laughs> I was about to say, if this isn't poetic justice, I don't yeah, this know. This is what retribution. It is. <laughs> uh, I always was under the assumption De Palma himself wrote it, so I'm going to learn something today. Apparently, you are indeed, because the answer is Oliver Stone. Oh. Eh, all right. Yeah, I mean, not enough revisionist history, I think, <laughs> to come through as an Oliver Stone joint, but. All right, we're still, All right. At, still at 2-1. Uh, my turn. Let's go. All right. So, <laughs> perennial uh, Julio favorite Josh Gad is the category for this one. Uh, Josh Gad played Jake Gyllenhaal's brother in this movie. Love and other drugs. Well done. <laughs> Bang, that's, that clinches it. Nicely done. <laughs> 
Did Dean say that he wouldn't have gotten that one? Uh, I did not say that. Uh, <laughs> he was thinking it though. I think that we should have swapped the. Right, oh, no, you wouldn't have gotten Whale Rider, so we were screwed anyway. Yeah. Give us a respectable second place. Come on. Here we go. Let, let's see. Let's see how you go together with this last one in the category of Tim Burton. Tim Burton received his first Golden Globe nomination for Best Director for this film. All right. So this one we can talk, right? Yes. To each other. Uh, I'm thinking Big Fish. That's immediately I was going to say. Right. Yeah. Unless they, they said first. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's gotten any like since. So maybe it's further back and it's just like Beetlejuice. Tim Burton. Yeah. Man, the Golden Globes are just, they'll give it to anything. A so bushel be, of mixed apples, that's for sure. <laughs> could uh, be Sleepy Hollow, for all we know. Or, yeah. No, but I, I kind of get the feeling that Big Fish brought him back. He'd been kind of under the radar, and then I remember the big standees with like all the quotes from the reviews. Yeah, I'm content with that as our selection. We'll go down with, with Big Fish. Yeah. It's a good movie to go down with. Mm-hmm. All right, Big Fish. No, the answer is actually Sweeney Todd. Oh, after oh, wow. Big Fish. Man, right. the Golden Globes, I'm telling you, you can't predict <laughs> <No>. really. <laughs> They're a wild beast. All right, gentlemen, for y'all's last question, uh, Ethan Embry, Mark, from the incomparable 95 movie Empire Records. In the category of Ethan Embry, uh, Ethan Embry played Bobby Ray in this 2002 Reese Witherspoon vehicle. I feel like 2002 is around the time of Pleasantville. That's, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I, I don't know... Who that person is, and I haven't seen Empire Records, so (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad you have some idea. Ethan Embry is the guy from. He's one of the guys from Can't Hardly Wait. If that rings a bell, he's one of the guys. I believe he's the the drummer from uh, that thing you do. Bassist. Bassist. That's the one. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Nah. No idea. Uh, Well, (laughs) I I feel like it's Pleasantville for some reason. Go for it. Let's go Pleasantville. While a great movie, incorrect answer here. It was actually Sweet Home Alabama. Ah, a film I have not seen. So, okay, that's all right. No you can worries skip it. there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I will. Well, well done, lads. Thank that's you very right. much. You still win. Yes, I scored a three to one. So we take the first round here. But it is time for our new second game, which is I said, and I quote. All right, and it's basically each team has five movie quotes from five different movies, and each team has to guess the name of the movie, the actor who made the quote, and the character for one point for each one you get right. So we've got a total of, what's that, 15 points. 15, yeah. Three times five is 15. Quick math. All right, I trust you guys to keep track. I will. I'll have the score here. So you guys uh, answered the first one in the first round, so we'll answer here first, and I'll go first this time. All right. So uh, Alex did all the trivia questions. I did all the quotes. Therefore, uh, that's why I'll be reading the quotes because I have it on my computer and he doesn't. Um, All right, we'll start with this one. And obviously, I think it it goes without saying that the original uh, dialogue does not have a sexy Peruvian accent. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to day 250,642 aboard the Axiom. As always, the weather is a balmy 72 degrees and sunny, and, uh, oh, I see the ship's log is showing that today is the 700th anniversary of our five-year cruise. Wow, okay. Uh, lot to digest there. I'm, uh, trying to focus on that word, Axiom. It feels like a space movie. Ooh. Ooh, jeez. They've been in space for a really long time. 
voiceover. I'm re- I'm really just floating towards Wally for some reason with um what's his fa- what's that guy's name? I feel like it's Fred Willard. I don't know the characters. I'm gonna say that. I'm gonna go Wally and Fred Willard. Uh, you get one point for Wally, which you know you have kids, so I'm glad you got this. Thank you. Uh, name of the character was Captain. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, is it George Went? <clears throat> Uh, no, Jeff Garland. Close enough. Oh, it's, close uh, enough. It's the poor man's George Wynn. That's right. <laughs> Jeff Garland. All right, I'm happy uh, with the so point. So you get, you get one point. Excellent. All right. Uh, I guess I went first for the trivia, so uh, let Alex take the first quote. Okay. All right, Alex. When you realize you want to spend the rest of your life with somebody, you want the rest of your life to start as soon as possible. Pulling my hair here right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Alex, you're the romantic of this show. In some capacity, <laughs> yeah. Such a lovely line. It is, but it feels like it come from so many things. Let me see if I can just take a shot in the dark. I'm drawing a blank here. Just take a guess. Uh, Slumdog Millionaire. <laughs> no. Which character? Spread it out. Don't bother. <laughs> no, the movie is When Harry Met Sally... It is obviously Harry and Billy Crystal. It's the very end of when Harry met Sally. Is that Rob Reiner? Yep. I mean, it's Billy Crystal. No, I know. Nora Ephron. All right, Dean, you can take this one. All right. All right. Well, you got Wally, so let's get a little... Let's get it harder. One. Uh, Well, the men don't just have to die fully. I mean, he could accidentally hurt himself falling down on something real hard, you know? Like a shiv or my dick. Jeez. <laughs> did, did you just ad- ablib that last part there, Julio? <laughs> uh, I wish I had, but no. That, that line is so perfect that I really wouldn't mess with it. Oh, I... Yeah, that does not ring any bells. I mean, I almost did include it because it had a character name there. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking, do I know any Foley's? Fuck. Nah, I got nothing. I will say Aliens. The Foley I can think of is Beverly Hills Cop. That's all I, I will get. <laughs> Fair enough. What is it? Uh, it's it's uh, Steven Soderbergh's Out of Sight. Oh, uh, I, I legitimately haven't seen it. Don Cheadle, his character's name, Maurice Snoopy Miller. He's talking to uh, to Foley, who's uh, uh, George Clooney. Have either of you seen Out of Sight? Uh, I've seen Out of Sight. I like it. Would you have got that? No. <laughs> <laughs> It's a great movie. It's a, it's a it's a really good movie. We've come to realize with this quotes game that it is uh, it's quite hard. Oh, it's very hard. I was running some of these by Hendo before, and he was just like pass, 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 pass. 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 <laughs> well, Alex didn't get Wally earlier, so that made me think that it wasn't too tough. All right. Well, let's see how you go, Julio. See if you can get a point on the board for you guys. All right. Maybe it'll be enough if you know that in a few hours we had together, we loved a lifetime's worth. Huh. Man, you guys went really romantic in this edition of the quotes game. Um, yeah, we try and keep it themed. That... I'm going to go with... Uh, it sounds like Titanic, Rose, Kate Winslet. Damn. Is it? No. no. Damn it. Was it Leo? It's actually... <laughs> no. It's a, it is a James Cameron film. It is Linda Hamilton as Sarah Connor in The Terminator. Uh, we'll see. I, I could feel the camera in it. I just, I didn't go far back enough. <laughs> so did she. <laughs> <laughs> My God. <laughs> uh, all right. There's a bit of a long one, but uh, I like it a lot. 
Go for it. But anyway, I, I pulled all these from uh, IMDb, which I guess that's what you guys were doing as well. Uh, De- Dean was the, the quote master here. so Yeah, I did, I did various, various methods. Okay. Um, <clears throat> here we go. We need a hero. Courageous, sacrificing people, setting examples for all of us. Everybody loves a hero. People line up for him, cheer for them, scream their names, and years later, tell how they stood in the rain for hours just to get a glimpse of the one who told them to hold on a second longer. I believe there's a hero in all of us that keeps us honest, gives us strength, makes us noble, and finally gets us to die with pride. I have definitely seen this film, I reckon. Wow. (laughs) It is not out of sight. (laughs) I was going to ask you to repeat it, but I don't think it's going to matter. I just keep hearing hero, 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 the hero we need. It it sounds like Batman, but I don't think I've heard that in any Batman film. But i got nothing else. So I'll say uh, Christian Bale, Bruce Wayne, Dark Knight. You really think that Christian Bale was going (laughs) to... (laughs) I don't know. I'm guessing that's a no point. Uh, uh, Well, I mean, you were right on the genre. It's a superhero movie, but it's before uh, The Dark Knight. This is Spider-Man 2, and that's May Parker, Aunt May, played by Rosemary Harris, giving Peter a pep talk. Okay, would you have got that? No, I wouldn't have. All right. Well, I'm really, I'm really banking on this one point we've got here at the moment. <laughs> Holding strong. All right, uh, Alex, you're up. Yep. Let's do it to it. All right, here we go. But there is no real me, only an entity, something illusory. And though I can hide my cold gaze and you can shake my hand and feel flesh gripping yours, and maybe you can sense our lifestyles are probably comparable, I simply am not there. He already did a Terminator, so... <laughs> uh, I I have a guess, but it's like... I'll be surprised if that was the case. I wonder if you're even thinking about it. Hmm. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of anything with aliens that manifest as humans. And it's really Terminator, Avatar, Titanic. It's just the, the whole James Cameron <laughs> Um. Yeah, let's just shot in the dark go with Avatar, and I'll say Sam Worthington. No, that's... I don't do that, not remember his character's name. No, nah, that's not correct. Uh, what is it? Julio, what did you think it was? Uh, I was going to go with Meet Joe Black. No, and it's... That was before Alex said uh, Aliens, because then Aliens made a little more sense. <laughs> no, no, no. It's I'm a- guessing it's not Meet Joe Black. <laughs> no, it's actually American Psycho. So Christian Bale as Patrick Bateman. <laughs> Fascinating. I've seen that movie once, but I should probably watch it again. It's I've very seen good. It <laughs> a handful of times, and I didn't remember. Yeah, in all you honesty, know, something stick with you, but Dean gave me that quote earlier. I had no idea. He just read it again, and I already forgot what it was. <laughs> 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 all right, so it's Dean's turn. Now, yes, it is. Right? Okay. Well, I already got the superhero quote out of the way. Let's try this one. To see the world, things dangerous to come to, to see behind walls, draw closer, to find each other, and to feel. That is the purpose of life. Uh, yeah, it's not sounding familiar. Uh, I have no idea. I'll say... Purpose of life. It's the purpose of life. It is not a dog's purpose. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) Spewing. I would have got that. (laughs) Um... Yeah, I don't even know. I don't even know if it's going to be a romantic movie or not. Can you say it again for me, please? Sure. Uh, to see the world, things dangerous to come to, to see behind walls, draw closer, to find each other, and to feel. That is the purpose of life. 
I'll say annihilation. Uh, <laughs> by that laugh, should I stop? <laughs> do you have a char- do you have a character, <laughs> an actress, actor? I'll to say go with Natalie it? Portman and Doctor. <laughs> uh, no, it's uh, the remake of The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, and it's spoken by Ben Stiller as Walter Mitty. It's the it's the motto of Life magazine. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I have seen that, and that does ring a bell now that you've said that. So, oh, well. would have been awesome if he got like Ben Stiller in the movie, but couldn't remember Ben Stiller's character's name in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Do we uh, do we get points if like I said a different yeah, if like, I said yeah, like I, Zoolander I think, yeah. Ben Stiller yeah, yeah, would yeah. I get a point? Yeah, get a point. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, it, it sounds like a Ben Stiller line. I, I think that's a good argument. <laughs> All right, Julio. Let's see if you can uh, tie it up here at least. Here we Come go. On. I eat breakfast 300 yards from 4,000 Cubans who are trained to kill me. So don't think for one second you can come down here, flash a badge, and make me nervous. Oh, I just I just sighed with relief. Smile on my face. That is Jack Nicholson as Jessup in A Few Good Men. Wow. And we have just lost his rest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, well no, done. we're tied, right? No, no, you got three points there. Oh, that's right. I forgot that, yeah, each of them counts. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that's good. I, I've i actually, I've seen the play A Few Good Men. Uh, some uh, local theater company uh, in Austin put it on a couple years ago, and it, it was pretty good. I mean, it's, it's pretty much like the movie. Yeah, but it was, it was just pretty exciting to see just a live performance of, of that same dialogue. It was, it was pretty cool. I'm very impressed. You just, just smashed all three in a row. That was really good. Uh, could do better even. Nathan Jessup, right? <laughs> Not just Jessup. Just you, all right. Don't show off. Pretty sure his first name is Colonel, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> I, I love that movie. Okay, so we've got one uh, quote left each, and this is a collaboration round. So Dean, we need to uh, go the full three here to take the lead again. So what do you got for us, guys? All right. Hit him with it. Uh, <laughs> Hit him with it. <laughs> All right. Look at it this way. A man takes a job, you know? And that job, I mean, like that, that becomes what he is. You know, like, you do a thing, and that's what you are. Like, I've been a cabbie for 13 years, 10 years at night. I still don't own my own cab. You know why? Because I don't want to. That must be what I want, to be on the night shift driving someone else's cab. You understand? I mean, you become, you get a job, you become the job. Okay. I mean... My first instinct is... Taxi driver... That's that's a good one. I was, thinking, I was thinking collateral. Ooh, does that sound like? Gee, that's not bad. I was thinking the old guy um, in Taxi Driver, not De Niro. Um, the guy, the the dad in Everybody Loves Peter Raymond. Boyle. Peter Boyle. Yeah. Yeah. But well, what do you say? Collateral. Yeah. If, if it's that, it's obviously Jamie Fox. Don't know his character's name. And he's talking about he's not the job, isn't he? That's what he's saying. He's like, yeah, I've been driving this for a long time, but I'm not this because he's he's talking to Tom Cruise. He's got the picture of the. He's gonna say like a lot. The wouldn't he, island? Wouldn't he be nervous as hell? What, what would he be saying? Like, 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 like. There's a lot of likes in that quote. Tom Cruise is very intimidating. No, but I think it's more of a casual thing. Like, you know, I think if it's a casual convo, it's definitely taxi driver with like guys at a cab rank. But then think about this though: Would they give me? Would they give us this quote if they're talking about cabs all the time and it's about taxi driver? That's probably way too obvious. Well, what else you got? No, I, I don't think collateral's a bad a bad choice at all. So if we're doing that, we're obviously going collateral with Jamie Foxx. Because I don't know his name. Yeah, I don't know his name either. Can you think of any other movie that would have a taxi driver in it? Hold on, he said he's been a cab driver for 10 years. How old is Jamie Foxx in that? Could he have been doing that for 10 years? Uh, maybe. Peter Boyle certainly could have. 
Yeah, but then you might say Peter Boyle might be too old to only be doing it for 10 years. He wasn't that old back then. See, I think this quote... You look at Peter Boyle as everybody loves Raymond. He was young in Taxi Driver. Yeah, fair point. I I just don't think they'd give us a movie that talks about taxis so much in the quote and it'd be Taxi Driver. Do you know what I mean? I think it's much more likely it'd be a movie like Clyde. I really feel like they're going to give us a super hard one because they just want to shut this round down. (laughs) (laughs) No points for you. What do you want to do? I... Honestly, I think collateral. So if we go collateral, the max we can get is two points here. But you don't know Peter Boyle's character. God, no. Okay, so we'll go with that? Yeah, go with that. All right, Jamie Foxx in collateral. Oh, my God. I was trying so hard not to laugh. That was was fantastic. uh, It's Taxi Driver. Oh, come on. (laughs) Uh, Taxi Driver, Peter Boyle, and his character name is Wizard. Oh, my God. God damn it. Why did you have to say collateral? <laughs> Why did I have to offer an opinion? <laughs> uh, he said, uh, oh, it's the dad from Everlast Raymond, because that's what Julio was saying when he was trying to remember his name earlier. <laughs> damn it. Oh, well. Oh, well. Uh, man, that was that was very exciting. Yeah, not bad, guys. That was, uh, we, uh, well, I mean, I should have just shut my mouth. It's a, it's a great scene, too. It's, I mean, it's the one big scene for Peter Boyle in that movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, he, he's really great in it. Yeah, it's uh, one of my favorite films of all time, to be honest. Oh, me well, too. You yeah, just too, let it down. I did, I did. <laughs> let down by my co-host yet again. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, your guys' last quote here. As Mr. Sloan always says, there is no I in team, but there is an I in pie. And there's an I in meat pie. Anagram of meat is team. I don't know what he's talking about. Holy cow. <laughs> let's let's talk it out. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Who? Said Mr. Sloan. 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 So just like the team stuff makes you think uh, Team America, just because it's so weird. Okay. Like the logic, the humor of the quote sounds like, you know, South Park, Team America. Kind of. Or like a DreamWorks movie. Like an animated movie. Oh, if, if it's that, then I can't think of like the last DreamWorks movie animated that I that I watched. Could be Madagascar Four. I could see like Robin Williams saying it in Robots. <laughs> uh, You're making me doubt everything now, uh, Mr. Sloan. Probably not an important character. No. Uh, <laughs> meat pies. Have you seen Meatballs? I haven't seen Meatballs. <laughs> no. It's not about meat pies. I, though, right? I, I doubt this. This movie is about meat. Um, so it's not Sweeney Todd. No, <laughs> I'm trying to think of like a production line movie. Well, since you've uh, already since you've already won, can I can I give you a hint and do it in the accent? Yes. <laughs> okay, let me see it. I might, even, I might even throw them off. on. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll do my accent. Like, oh, so that's like South African. <laughs> Here we go. As Mister Sloan always says, there is an eye in team, but there is an eye in pie. As in the eye in meat pie. Now to go and meet his team. I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> Uh, I thought the the accent was gonna be more of a giveaway. Yeah, that was more like one. I'm trying did to you, think of did like. Did you not get yeah. the accent? Was he just says it really fast? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, AKA British. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was about to say. So now is this a Guy Ritchie or Guy Ritchie? Maybe we had uh, a Guy Ritchie quote that we Nick didn't, we didn't affair. use. Um, oh, it could be. Uh, it could be uh, Simon Pegg. Uh, Hot fuzz. Hot Fuzz would be the closest one, right? Because it's not World's End. Uh, I don't think it's Shaun of the Dead. No, it's not Shaun of the Dead. Okay, so World's End. No, not uh, Hot Fuzz. And it's 
Nick Frost, right? Because Simon Pegg is pretty straightforward, like laconic mm-hmm. in that movie. So it'd be Mark yeah. Frost, Nick Frost, and the character name is. Oh God, who knows? Bobby. Okay. Bob. All right. Bob. All right. Hot Fuzz, Nick Frost, character Bob. No. He could not be further <laughs> from the truth. It, it was, was uh, British. It was Shaun of the Dead, <laughs> said by Simon Pegg. As Shaun? <laughs> no. Uh. God damn it. <laughs> what part is that in? Now I'm going to rewatch that. It's when he's talking to his team at the... Um, at his job just before like the zombie apocalypse actually happens I always thought I knew that movie like the back of my hand I haven't seen it in forever so I don't feel bad I'm actually surprised that we got that close publicly shamed we still won (laughs) she still won (laughs) maybe it was a victory for you Ah, well done, gentlemen. Though three to one out of a possible fifteen points, we've done we've done well. <laughs> that, game's a, that game's a bit hard, but it was it was close. That's that's all that matters. At least it wasn't like a ten-two blowout. Listen, this whole podcast episode is worth it just to hear uh, Dean say they wouldn't give us a quote with Cabby in it. <laughs> yeah, listening to that whole back and forth was absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Alright, so uh, two rounds in, it's one apiece, which is what we always love because the listeners get to decide who's going to win this Podby Pod because it's time for our movie draft. Alright, gentlemen, we always let the guests choose the theme of the draft. What did you go with? Uh, so we went with actors turned directors, and, and we had a little bit of, of conversation, you and I, uh, Daniel, about you know some people who might have been a gray area, so... We decided, if I recall correctly, uh, we decided to allow Clint Eastwood to play, but we are shutting out Mel Brooks, uh, Rob Reiner. Yeah, essentially people that are that are known for their direction, I guess. Yeah, I mean, if you think of them, what I was trying to go is with is if you think of them as a director before you think of them as an actor, then they're probably too too much of a of a filmmaker for this. Yeah, no Woody for this Allen. Game. Yeah. Nobody Allen, definitely, yeah. Julio vetoed my Charlie Chaplin selection because he said Chaplin is more of a director than an actor. Yeah, I'll, I would agree with that. And you guys get to decide who's going to go first. Now, uh, I'm wondering what you're going to do here. What, what are you going to do? Uh, I have a fair idea what they're going to do. <laughs> are we? What do you think, Alex? Are we going to be like big enough and just let them let them go first again? Or are we going to be foolish enough to let them go first again? <laughs> well, see, with this, there's a lot of titans, not... Yeah, you know, there's the last it's time. It's not like there's the Matrix and then a sea of everything yeah, the Matrix else like and everything last time. Else. <laughs> yeah, in a way, I'm almost tempted to let them go first so that it narrows down our options a little, right? Because I don't think that there's like a one pick that's going to that's going to change everything. I mean, I can yeah, think there's of a about couple, but there's about three that I think are in a precarious position. So, like, basically, you're saying they take one and then we take the other two. Yeah. It, 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 I'm not even going to go and I'm going to point to the one I think they're going to pick if we let them go first, Alex. Yeah, I think we can. We're going to let that one go? Yeah. All right, cool. Guys, we're going to be super gracious and we're going to let you go first again. Okay, I don't mind that as much as, much as last time. Like, I agree with your strategy there. Like, this one seems a bit more uh, widespread. So, I, I honestly, I, I wish you went first. <laughs> 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 All right, and who's going to pick first out of us two? Uh well, I, I'm going to go with Dean, because yes, we said that's his strategy. <laughs> All right. I will take, when I heard about this uh, topic, this was always my number one. i got to take Braveheart. All right. Okay. 
I mean, and the crowd goes wild. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like Braveheart. I haven't seen it in a long time, mainly because it's three hours, and is who has the time? But I I remember being uh, very emotionally affected by the ending. I think that's that's really like the main thing. Are you saying uh, Braveheart wasn't one of your top three? No. Oh no. Oh no, that was not in the precarious. Wow, we could have got a wow. Later. <laughs> And the strategy works. (laughs) (laughs) All right, who's going first out of you guys? Uh, Alex is going to go first. Oh, am I? Yeah, I I figure. Watch me just completely blow this. (laughs) Um, I got two here that I'm bouncing back and forth between. Um, I know what I'm picking. All right, we'll save it and see if it comes in the later (laughs) rounds, because I'm just going to start off with Gone Baby Gone by Ben Affleck. All right, cool. Whoa, I'll, I'll, I'll butt in here. We didn't even have that on our board. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny because I was about to say uh, the, the one thing that we did mention is we also agreed that uh, each team can only have one movie for each director. Yeah. So basically, that's our Affleck. You know, we just picked Gone Baby Gone. That means that that's, that's the one Affleck movie that we get. Uh, I, I am, you, I'm quietly okay with you you picking that. I'm loudly okay <laughs> with you picking that. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> you know, it's better than Braveheart. Oh, easily. <laughs> that is a ridiculous <laughs> statement. Are you, are you, are you, uh, I, I can see why you're being contrarian. Yes, is, is yes, it <laughs> doing it again. <laughs> um, all right, so I'm going to go with... Uh, uh, we, we had a long discussion about this earlier before Hold we started on. recording. I just went, so it's their turn. Right? No, 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 because no, we yeah, get, yeah, uh, get two. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry, I'm sorry, I forgot. The, <laughs> the forgot matrix clouded my judgment from the previous <laughs> go. Yeah, um, all right, so I'm going to go with Tropic Thunder, Ben Stiller's movie. Fair enough, I will let you have that. We had it on the board, but it was a little far down the list, so you are more than welcome to take that. Oh, this is going all great. Right. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I must say, I think we've still got, like, our top six still sitting here. Yep. All right, <laughs> I will go next, and I am going to take... Jordan Peele's Get Out. <laughs> we thought you, that was going to be your first pick. It was close. Maybe if you if you pick me, I probably would have gone you, for it. If I you, right? I didn't think about that. Oh, Dean. Yeah, I'm going to take. Uh, I'm going to take a, a Clint Eastwood film here. I'm going to go with Unforgiven. Nice. <laughs> Just calm down over there, please. <laughs> the crowd goes wild again. <laughs> no, yeah. Because I have some Eastwood on on my list here too, so I'm trying to decide if I should fight fire with fire on that. But um. yeah, you're the bigger Eastwood fan here. Yeah. I, I just hope you don't pick the one Eastwood movie that I really don't like. No. Um, no, I went dark and gloomy with my first pick, so I'm going to go with the sure thing. Second go. That thing you do, Tom Hanks. Nice. Wow. <laughs> Jesus. Wow, it, that's your, that makes it sound like that thing you do is our lake house from last, from last draft. <laughs> <laughs> that thing you do is like a perfect movie. I am, I am, I'm looking at my body going, what is going on? Where, why are these movies still sitting here? <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to go with, uh, uh, with one that's uh, kind of uh, for the crowd. We, we need a crowd pleaser. That's yes, because it's a popular current. movie draft. <laughs> uh, no, I'm going to go with uh, the very, very recent Booksmart by Olivia Wilde. Ooh, okay. I didn't have that on the list, but I don't mind that. It's not bad. Dean is like... Okay. This is this is not how I expected this draft to go. Not at all. But that's actually, I will say, this is a great topic because... There are so many possible films to choose. 
But um, that was, was actually a lot of fun trying to come up with a list here. And even more fun what? hearing your lists. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys have so far? Braveheart? Uh, get Out and us. Unforgiven. Not Us. Uh, oh, oh you said right. Get Out. That's right. Yeah. Uh, get Out and you Unforgiven. You saw Dean's rating so, of Us, didn't you? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, yours is very, very dark so far. I'm not going to keep the trend. I'm not going to go dark. I'm going to go almost the opposite of dark. I'm going to go f- with a film from Terry Gilliam, well known for his acting on the TV show Monty Python's Flying Circus. So I'm choosing Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Ooh. <laughs> That's an interesting Gilliam selection. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, were you thinking 12 Monkeys? Mm-hmm. Is that what you thought? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was gritting my teeth. It's like, oh, they got us. That was that was probably the second Gilliam I would have picked, but nah, for me, Holy Grail for sure. That's fair. All right, and it is our last choice here. It's a collaboration. Dean, I mean, oh, is what? it okay to say these films? It sounds like they're not on their list. I don't, I don't know what's going on here. I think our, our boards are completely different. Oh, I from the looks of it, I reckon there might be one maybe, just judging by your picks. Don't, don't say, don't say <laughs> the other movies. We'll, we'll say it at the end, but... um. What do you what do you think? Oh, let's let's look at these numbers here. What do you think? One, two, or three out of those? <laughs> I, I honestly think we've got to stick to one. Do you reckon? Def, definitely not two. Uh, um, I can make a case for three. Three would be a strategic pick. This is riveting uh, for the listeners right now. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I, I honestly don't know how we can't go past that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Think about how many. Marvel yeah, fanboys yeah, yeah. are going to come out. I, I think so. And love seeing the old John Favreau's Iron Man. I'm all right with that. <laughs> that was on our list. Yes. Yeah, that is our fifth uh, pick. It's right under Iron Man Two, but that, that's okay. <laughs> this must be the only time we've ever been able to get our probably top five. This was our top five. This overall. is ridiculous. That's, that's awesome. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and you watch us lose. Yeah, like, we, will we will too. We will too. All right, guys, your last pick. Collaboration, what are you going to pick? Okay. Now, we don't have to do this, like, number one, number two. No, you can talk freely now. Should we fight Marvel Fire with Marvel Fire? We could. We could. uh, We could throw in... uh, Please pick Iron Man 2. Iron Man (laughs) 2. Jesus. No. Uh, no, for that, if we we're going to go five row, I would do uh, Swingers, bro. No, he's not. He didn't direct that one. No, no, no. Well, we have on the list right now. So, I like, I like Thor, but the thing is... Our list is pretty pretty bright, so maybe we need to counterbalance with a little darkness. Yeah, that uplifting tale, Gone Baby Gone. <laughs> well, we started dark, <laughs> and then we just we just went super bright. Uh, so I like uh, Robert De Niro's uh, A Bronx Tale. Mm-hmm. That one's that one's really good. Uh, you brought up uh, Clooney's Good Night and Good Luck. That one's also. Yeah, I was actually surprised that wasn't taken. Yeah. Uh, if you wanna, I think we already got like the popular like pick with Booksmart, so I wouldn't want to do uh, Krasinski's A Quiet Place. Uh, yeah, and just for the record, Julio did not run Booksmart by me. <laughs> that was all him. I knew that if I did, you would say no. It would have gotten a big veto. Yeah, Alex just watched it, and he was not enthralled by it. Um, um, we could do Eastwood. Which Eastwood do you want? The Outlaw Josie Wales. Yeah, I haven't seen it. That's a great one. Um... Uh, and we can just go completely bananas and do uh, Star Trek V The Final Frontier by William Shatner I'm all set <laughs> <laughs> um, or you know th- th- we wouldn't do it but I, w- I-, I wish that we could do uh, Casey Affleck's I'm Still Here that movie's incredible but nobody would vote for it no. it's really funny that out of all those you mentioned we have one of those in our five we have left here <laughs> 
Which one is that? We'd rather not say. Thor? <laughs> it was, oh, wait on, it was the Star Trek uh, Shatner thing you said. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, please don't pick that one. <laughs> um, well, and then, you know, we can do Ron Howard, Apollo 13, that's also. Yeah. What yeah. are you leaning towards? I'm going to say not Eastwood, because that's the one that we're probably not in agreement with. Okay. Ed Norton, Keeping the Faith. <laughs> um, I didn't put that movie that Angelina Jolie directed, because it felt like nobody has seen it. Changeling? No. <laughs> that's Eastwood. Unbroken. That is Eastwood. <laughs> uh, Into the Wild, Star is Born. <laughs> Man, I'll be here all night. What are you leaning towards? Um... I kind of see, like, my heart says the nearest movie, but I just don't know how many people have seen a Bronx sale. Mm-hmm. Safe money would either be Thor or Apollo 13. Yeah. Or even Good Night and Good Luck. All right, we're down to those three. Mm-hmm. I would say not Thor, because we need something a little more adult, mature, darker. Just burying their last pick with <laughs> Iron Man. Jesus. Uh, just like we're going to bury you in the vote. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, good night and good luck wasn't really good, so I'd say Apollo 13. You didn't like good night and good luck? I mean, the four times I fell asleep during it were nice, but... Jesus. <laughs> I'm down with Apollo 13 if you are. All right. All right. Opie. <laughs> Opie's masterpiece. Multiple Oscar nominations. I don't think it won any, but yeah, we're going with Apollo 13. Crowd pleaser. Tom Hanks. Ron Howard. White bread. Fair enough. Well, let's go, let's go through the list here. You guys have got Gone Baby Gone, Tropic Thunder, That Thing You Do, Booksmart, and Apollo 13. And we've got Braveheart, Get Out, Unforgiven, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, and Iron Man. Now, this draft will be done by the time this episode comes out because it's a blind movie draft. So we'll already know that uh, we win because... <laughs> <laughs> I just... Do you remember, do you have... Your percentages saved, like from all your uh, your drafts. Like I just don't remember how much we lost by. No, honestly, top if, my head. It, it, yeah, I would like to at the very least. I remember perform it started better. okay, but well, then like they what, just when, ran away. When we win, I'll put both of them up so you can compare wow. how bad you lost. <laughs> <laughs> all right, what was the what was the movie that we had that you guys also had? Uh, we had um, a Quiet Place on our list. Uh, we also yeah. had uh, our next one we would have gone with was a Ron Howard film, but it wasn't Apollo 13. It was Rush. Really? Yeah. Do you guys like it or did you just I think it. it was a. I think it's great. Yeah, really? It's a, yeah, it's a good movie. We also had uh, Greta Gerwig's Ladybird. Yeah. And one that, if you know, if we got to that 10th spot, we would have gone with uh, Penny Marshall's Big. Yeah, I had that. That's that's a good pick. I saw it and I just, in my mind, I didn't think, you know, I when I think Penny Marshall, I think Penny Marshall director. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good so, point. That's why I think that's why we put it at ten. Like we we'll maybe you know swaying for it. Hopefully we hoping we didn't actually have to get to it, which is true. We didn't have to, even have to get to our number six. <laughs> yeah, I had uh, Rocky Balboa, Sly, uh, Harlem Nights, Eddie Murphy. Uh, I had Jeff who lives at home, but I thought that'd be at a point of contention because only Mark Duplass is an actor, not his brother. So right, yeah, fair enough. Oh, okay, but uh, yeah, uh, probably the. The biggest disparity of a draft between uh, two teams so far. So it's good. That's what I like, actually. <laughs> uh, yeah, the possibilities were not quite endless, but definitely oh, close yeah. to it. Because there's also, yeah, not only just the director to choose from, but like the multitude of movies they've done. So, yeah, uh, different opinions are going to come through pretty quickly here. Yeah, I mean, we had four Ben Stiller movies on our, <laughs> on <Yeah>. our board. <laughs> 
All right, that's going to do it today, gentlemen. Thank you very much for coming on and having a battle. Yep, it was Thanks it was a pleasure, just like last time, except that this time we'll win, so it'll be even better. Mm. <laughs> we shall see. <laughs> <laughs> All right, where can the listeners find you guys? Uh, well, just search for The Contrarians on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, Stitcher, all the all the podcatchers. Uh, you can also check our website. It's uh, wearethecontrarians.com. Uh, and you can also just check us out on uh, Twitter at Contrarian Prime. That's the official account. That's I post from there. And then Alex has his own Twitter. That's uh, Contrarian Alex. Mm-hmm. But that one's mostly wrestling stuff. So really, if you like the show, you should follow the Contrarian Prime account. Correct. Yeah, we fully support you guys. Like, great show. A unique premise. Uh, it's really, really different to compare to, like, all the uh, other regular movie reviews uh, podcasts out there. And, um, yeah, check out the Contrarians because uh, you'll be hearing our voice in, on, on a future episode. Yes. Can't wait. All right. Once again, thank you very much, guys. Thanks, and guys. we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you. All right, mate. It's time for... Answer my question! The question, jerk! Where we asked you, what is your favorite film made for under a million dollars? All right, let's take a look at some responses that weren't our number ones. First up on Twitter here from Low Carb Monster 8, Halloween. Next up from Super Movie Bros, Last House on the Left. Interpreting the Stars says 12 Angry Men. Pirate Scott says Monty Python's Holy Grail. JD at the In Session Film Podcast says Once. Did you like Once? Yeah, I thought it was okay. I thought, um,. Felt too much like a uh, music video. Yeah, I didn't mind it too. I thought it was okay. Yeah. From Chips Are for Champions, Ink. What's Ink? Don't know. All right then, moving on. <laughs> Watching Comics Podcast says Hard Candy is a modern day masterpiece of visceral minimalism. So is it Podcast says Primer. Still haven't seen it. Yeah, me never. Here's one from Jackie. Some really good horror films made for low budgets. I'm selecting Paranormal Activity as I found it engaging, tense, and overall interesting. Did you like the first Paranormal Activity? Uh, I wouldn't know because I haven't seen it. Wow. I'm not a horror person. What are you, shock- what are you so shocked for? I just no, saw Blair exactly. Witch for the first time a couple months ago. Really? You know this. Or you knew this until you forgot about it the next day. Oh, that, that night. <laughs> Three seconds later. Dudes Ilyasova says 12 Angry Men is on my top 10 films of all time. So, 12 Angry Men. Tell them Boris sent you, said Ultimate Versus. Boris. What is Ultimate Versus? It's a movie made for under $1 million. If you say so. Mariah Tamizian says Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Zach Rodriguez says The Evil Dead. You haven't seen The Evil Dead, have you? No. Sam One says Sling Blade. Sling Blade. You seen that? Yeah. I haven't. Fair enough. And the last one here on Twitter from Renegade, Napoleon Dynamite. All right, let's head over to our Patreon for our awesome, awesome patrons. First one here from Chris Bitzel, Halloween. Dan Brennick says 12 Angry Men. Cecil Hops says The Love Witch. Brother Shane says Monty Python and the Holy Grail. As does Josephine Olnitz, absolutely Holy Grail. And lastly, Brian Grabianowski says American Graffiti. Well, thank you very much, everyone, for your responses. But, Dean, it's time to get to our top five films made for under a million dollars. Indeed. All right, mate, let's kick it off with you. What's your number five? My number five is Monty Python's Holy Grail. Okay. You might see them. Oh, there's no way it's not on your list. <laughs> you might. You might see it. My number five is A Separation. Ah, uh, nice. My number four, Halloween. Not on my list, unfortunately. Not surprised at all. I do have another horror, though. My number four is Psycho. Oh, nice. That's my number three. Really? Well, Holy Grail is my number three. Mm. My number two is 12 Angry Men. 
as is my number two. Of course it is. But do we have the same number one? We absolutely do not for once. Wow. <laughs> I mean, regardless of what I picked here, I was never going to pick yours. Your film is not on my top five and... Clearly mine, yours isn't yeah. on mine either. No. But what's your number one? My number one is the Australian film, The Castle. Ah, The Castle. I don't think I saw anyone pick that, so that one's <laughs> wiped off the board. But no, Castle, great film. Yeah, fucking earth it is. And my number one is Clerks. Yep, no surprises there. You do love Clerks. I do indeed. All right, Dean, let's take a look at the competition results. And man, we got over 100 responses for this. Yeah, a lot of people really passionate about their low-budget films. But only six people pick Clerks. Man. And none for the castle. None for the castle. Yeah, no. no, no. I got that. So let's get these six people and throw them in a little random number generator here. Let's see who ends up on top. Oh, and it is Brianna Petty. Brianna! Wow. Well done, Brianna. Yes, very good, Brianna. We will get in contact with you and send you out some sweet, sweet merch. And for next week's question of the week, in the spirit of Catch Me If You Can, we're going to go, what is your favourite cat and mouse film? Hmm. Someone chasing someone else. Oh, so we're not doing Tom and Jerry? Oh, God, Hendo. No? Oh, God. Sylvester and Tweety? Sylvester and Tweety is better than Tom and Jerry. Pretty sure there's Tom and Jerry movies, though. That doesn't make it better. Well, I can certainly choose Tom and Jerry as a film, can't I? You can choose... Are they a Looney Tunes short? Space Jam? <laughs> Space Jam. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. There's this tournament. Let the tournament begin! All right, mate, it's time to find out the results of the first half of the Final 32 in our best 1990s film Ooh, tournament. Oh, I can't wait, Hendo. Yeah, we're going to start off with a bang here. What's our uh, first match up here, Hendo? Yes, our first match here, the number one seed, Shawshank Redemption, against the number 33 seed, Jurassic Park. And what an upset here, because Jurassic Park has taken down the number one in the round of 32 with a 54% victory. Which was my winner pick. Ultimate winner pick. So now I've got this free roll in this top left corner here. So I'll take that. Yeah, uh, you've done all right there. Uh, But you did pick Shawshank at this point, didn't you too? I did, but I did vote for Jurassic Park. (laughs) (laughs) You son of a bitch. (laughs) All right, next up we have the Lion King and Judgment Day up against each other. And we have T2 taking it out, 57%. Can't complain with that. On to our next match, which is a blowout. Seven takes out Heat with a 73% victory. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a tough one because I love both, but I would vote seven too. Yeah. Next one, Life is Beautiful up against LA Confidential, and I think this could be our biggest blowout of this uh, round here. You would be correct. LA Confidential wins with 76%. That's two upsets here. No upset here, though. Fight Club takes out The Truman Show with a 70% win. And we have... Is this a first? This is the first. We have a dead heat. 50% to Leon and Braveheart. Wow. Now, Leon is the 13th seed up against Braveheart's 20. So, sorry, Braveheart, but Leon goes through. Yeah, higher seed goes through on a tie. That's rough. Oh, unfortunate. And your worst nightmare has come true, Dean. Forrest Gump <laughs> takes out his Casino with a 61% right, victory. I expected that. In the last match for this round, we have number 12 seed, the Green Mile, up against the number 21 seed, Reservoir Dogs, and another upset, according to the seeds, Reservoir Dogs does take it out, 57% win. Okay, so that's going to do it for the top half of the final 32. Let's take a look at the bottom half this week. First match here is the number two seed, Schindler's List, against the 31 seed, the Six Sense. 
Next up, we have the number 15 seed American History X up against the number 18 seed Princess Mononoke. Mononoke. That's the one. Mononoke. Mononoke, I said. <laughs> number 7 seed Goodfellas up against the number 26 seed Unforgiven. Number 10 seed Silence of Lambs takes on number 23 seed Goodwill Hunting. The number three seed, Pulp Fiction, taking on the number 35 seed, The Big Lebowski. And lastly here, number 14, The Usual Suspects, takes on number 19, American Beauty. Ooh, a Kevin Spacey face-off there. Hmm. Yeah, so a couple of good matches in there too. I mean, the majority of them are good matches, aren't they, Dean? Yeah, and then you get, you know, matches with Princess Mononoke. Not a fan of Mononoke? I'm actually not. Like, it's not even like I haven't seen it. I've seen it. I just didn't like it. So. Mm, okay. To each their own. Yeah. All right, Dean, it's time to get into our podcast shout out for the week. And it is the boys over at the Real Feels podcast. Now, they have their own little way of just, uh, doing uh, film reviews, Dean. They go by the genre. They go one genre at a time. Yeah, and nah, a couple of great guys. They really know their stuff over there. Yeah, so we'll play their promo now and we'll see you on the other side with what else we've been watching. I love the smell of movies in the morning. There's no feeling in podcasts. There's no feeling in podcasts. This podcast will be quite operational when your friends subscribe. Feels. Real feels. Not the feels. Not the feels. Out of all the podcasts I've encountered, Real Feels was the most human. Hey, it's Drew. And Nathan. And Jack. Hey guys, we're the Real Feels Podcast. We come to you every other Wednesday with a brand new movie of a different genre every single time. So make sure to catch us on iTunes, Podbean, and any other podcatcher out there. You're the realist. And the feelist. Come to yeah, Hey listeners, we just want to take a quick second here to thank you for taking the time out of your day to come and listen to us banter on about movies and all things movie related. Yeah, it really does mean a lot to the both of us. We're always looking to improve our show and get our name out there. And there's a couple of ways you can help us. Yeah, one of the easiest ways is to just get the word of mouth out there. Let your family and friends know about the show and where they can find us, which is pretty much everywhere. Places like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and my new favourite way of listening to the show, which is Podcoin. Now, Dean, we both listen to a lot of podcasts ourselves, so how can we not love this new podcast app that literally pays you as you listen? Yeah, Podcoin have taken the next step in your listening experience by letting you earn Podcoins gradually as you listen, which you can then exchange for rewards like Amazon gift cards or even let you donate to various charities. Sounds great to me, mate. You can download the podcast app right now on your iPhone or Android device, and if you sign up using the code IMDBJOURNEY, you'll get 300 Podcoin to get you started. It's a great way to listen to our show and all the other amazing podcasts out there too amazing and if you'd like to get a hold of us you can follow us on twitter at twitter.com slash imdb journey our facebook page at facebook.com slash imdb journey our letterbox pages where we keep our film diaries up to date i am at letterbox.com slash dino underscore j 88 really rolls off the tongue and you can find hendo at letterbox.com slash hendo exactly another way to help us out is to leave a five-star rating and review on itunes for us and like we've said if you screenshot your review and dm us on twitter or facebook we'll send you out some sweet merch or if you're really loving the content and are looking for more why not check out our patreon where we post another weekly show breaking down films not on a top 250 list yeah we've actually got over 50 episodes on there now we've gone through some notable directors filmographies such as wes anderson edgar wright and even quentin Tarantino. That's right, there's also tons of other benefits over there. Early access to our main show, patron-only polls that we put up on the regular. Yeah, exactly. You can also shape the show the way you want it to be by telling us what films you would like us to break down. So what's coming up this week, mate? Well, Dean, we're at the end of our Mission Impossible film series. 
And of course, we're going to be discussing Mission Impossible Fallout. Yes, we will. What an absolute gem of a movie. Maybe not, well, it's a gem. It's just not a hidden gem. Absolute gem of a movie from last year. So very keen to go and watch it again. Yeah, I know it ended up as your number one film for the year. I'm curious to see if it's going to stay the same way. Absolutely. So if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, head on over to patreon.com slash imdbjourney and check out the myriad of rewards and benefits we have to offer. The good. The bad. All right, before we get into everything else we've been watching in the last fortnight, I'll quickly just put this little reminder at the start saying we won't be spoiling the films we've seen. So if you haven't seen them yet, don't be afraid. We won't ruin them for you. All right, mate. How many films have you seen? I've seen 14 films, Hendo. Damn. (laughs) Look at you. How many have you seen? I've seen seven films. Oh, okay. That's better than I thought. Oh, really? Well, not long ago, you'd seen like yeah, one. I'm pretty sure it was one uh, halfway through the fortnight. Yeah. Also known as a week. That's exactly <laughs> right, Hendo. Well done. All right. Let's we'll start off with you then for a little bit. I'll kick back and you can tell us what your number 14 film is. Yes. All right. Yeah, my number 14 film is The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Wow. Yeah, I know. I've heard really good things about this. Super good things. Yeah. There's a lot of positivity around this film. A lot of positivity. What's it about? Or does the title just say it? No, no, no. It's about two friends who they are struggling in a way with their place in, I guess, the community and society in general. And they they keep going back to this house in San Francisco that one of them has a very strong connection to. So basically the, the starter for you. Okay. Now... Number 14. Number 14. Yeah, the more I thought about it, the less I liked it, to be honest. Okay. As I was watching it, it's hard because, like, I know this is a critical darling and I'm watching it thinking, all right, there's there's good stuff here. Where is it? Did you ever find it? Mm, not really. It's uh, I would say it's an overly dramatic movie that sort of gets off on long, lingering shots of actors looking off into the distance all the time. It's really frustrating. Like, it's just, I get that that works sometimes, but it's it's all the time. Okay. This off-kilter premise, it's, they're like, they're trying to find meaning for their lives in this city that is ignoring all their issues, okay? And ultimately, it was just really boring and melodramatic. All right. And I didn't buy it. Fair enough. Yeah. And I know I'm alone in this. Like, I get that, but, yeah, it wasn't for me. All right, got a review here from Colby Mac, a gorgeously lyrical and more poignant than entertaining contemporary reflection on gentrification. Jonathan Majors was incredible. Jimmy Fails is super unique. Their friendship is peculiar, but precious. The themes are strong and the cinematography is excellent. So is the score. Glad you enjoyed it, Colby. But you did not. No, I did not. But I must say, beautifully worded review there, Colby. You're trying to get on Colby's good side again. Well, I feel like I'm (laughs) going to get some hate, so may as well start off early. (laughs) All right, mate. Number 13, what do you got? Okay, so the next film on my list. You got another critical darling here? No, the opposite of a critical darling. It is a uh, critical undarling. It is Troll 2. Oh, that's right. You had to watch Troll 2. I did. It's pretty funny. (laughs) I, I, even though I haven't seen either of these films, I am shocked that Troll 2 is a better film than The Last Black Man in San Francisco. You heard it here, folks. Troll 2 is entertaining. It's funny. It's ridiculous. It is the epitome of so bad it's good. But, I mean, it's not good. I give this one and a half stars as well. It's 
it's super weird. I didn't realize it was so violent. Like it sort of starts out, you know what it starts out like? Princess Bride. It is this like someone reading a story yeah. to someone, like a grandfather reading a story to a kid in bed and you're seeing this sort of world building of these little sharp tooth troll things, which are just, I mean, everything about this movie is cheap. Yeah. Okay? It's terribly made. But did, you, did you know the, uh, oh my God. Yeah, of course I knew that. It's... Yeah, it's it's bad, but I enjoyed watching it, so I got enjoyment out of how bad it was. One and a half stars. One and a half. <laughs> That's how much enjoyment. All right, next up, I saw High Life. High Life is your number 12. Yes. Wow. High Life, the old two-star film. All High these Life. films I'm so pumped to see because uh, it's just you, their critical reception. Yeah, you watch them and you'll love them and you'll say, oh, yeah, this film is very intelligent and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it's, mate, it's honestly, it's difficult to follow because there's no characters that are remotely likable or relatable. There's a lot of sexual content and sort of sexual, I guess, themes to it mm-hmm. and undertones to it. It's, I get it's. This is a very ambitious art film. You're not right? the artsy kind of person? I don't think I am, to be honest. I'm really not. Need another Marvel film? Maybe. <laughs> now, there are some great shots in here. It is set in space. There are some really nice shots. There's some okay themes with, I guess, world building. It's, it's about uh, Robert Patterson in space, basically, and he's got a young girl there that he is living with in space. Yep. And it's just them. That's how the movie starts Mm -hmm. and everything goes from there. But the plot is so muddled and empty, it just fell flat for me. Sorry, critics. (laughs) I feel like I'm letting you down, Hendo. Why? I haven't seen the film. looking at me with your judgy eyes. I haven't seen the film and who knows? Like This could be another us situation where both of us don't like us. Okay, we've got a review here from Ollie. Challenging and unnerving. Claire Denis's sex-fueled science fiction drama is a remarkable and provocative tale which takes us out into the depths of space in order to explore the deepest parts of ourselves. Wow, these reviews we're getting in there. I don't even care who you are. (laughs) I'm watching these movies. We need to hear more from Ollie here. (laughs) All right, mate, you're number 11. All right, speaking of two-star films, we have Stayed in Maine. Wow, okay, yes, you had to watch Stayed in Maine this week. Why did you not like this one? I just felt like the film didn't go anywhere. So it's about this, I guess, Hollywood film company that has gone into this small town to try and film their film. And whilst there are some legitimate funny moments, there really are. There's Philip Seymour Hoffman is funny. Even William H. Macy. Like, they have some generally funny lines. Great cast, by the way. Alec Baldwin's in this. Sarah Jessica Parker. It's a stellar cast. It just... The whole struggling to make a film in this small town, that storyline got old pretty quick for me, and that's the main thread of this whole movie. I had an okay time watching it. I'd never watch it again, though, so two stars. All right, then. Well, let's move on to your number 10, shall we? My number 10 is a documentary called The Great Hack. Ah, a new Netflix uh, film, I believe, I saw. Yes. Like, on the page. I haven't actually seen this yet. So, so this- you're telling me not to see this? No, I wouldn't say it. It's basically a a documentary about how Donald Trump basically used a company to influence social media. It talks a lot about how we all have a like a social media an online presence of data. Yeah. Right. And it's about this guy who's trying to get his. He's like, I want to know what you guys have on me. It's okay. mine. Mm. I want to see it. That's how the movie starts out. And it obviously looks into Trump a lot. Uh, Trump wasn't in it much. I thought he'd be in it more, which I kind of wanted to see more of. Being in Australia, I, I honestly don't see heaps of Trump. 
He's you know floats around on Twitter and funny yeah, usually and yeah stuff, you see the funny stories about him. I don't know how he got elected. Like it it blows my mind that someone like Trump could actually win an election in the U.S. But I didn't get any of those answers here. It's it's really long. Yeah, and sometimes that works for documentaries. But I honestly felt there wasn't enough interesting information that was being presented. And the way it was presented, it's a very messy film as well. Like, it doesn't feel, like, fluid or have a, a clear sort of message that it's sending. It's really all over over the place. Yeah, maybe just too much information. All right. So, what do you give it? Two stars. Two stars. Okay. I'll be skipping that one. Mm. All right. My next film, one which I didn't have a chance to see in the cinemas, which probably, considering uh, my love of the franchise, surprised me, but... It got such bad reviews, I didn't bother. And that is Dark Phoenix. We get the astronauts, we bring them home. Go. The heat signature's rising fast. We gotta get out of here. Where's Jean? Where is she? Jean! She should be dead. Did you hear what the kids are calling you? Phoenix. Hello, Jean. Who are you? The better question is, who are you? Something's happening to me. When I lose control, bad things happen. But it feels good. Ah, yes. I got 20 minutes through it and I, I had to go I couldn't finish it like I had to go do something so I actually Are you haven't serious? yeah I haven't fi- I haven't finished the movie so you I haven't, haven't seen it watched it no I haven't watched it yet oh okay we're hoping for some sort of conversation here. I mean I was thinking <laughs> I was preparing myself for this great argument because why did you think I liked it hey, what why would you think I like it I don't mind it so I must like it yes no it's really not that bad yeah <laughs> uh, I, I mean maybe I was heavily influenced by expectations expecting it to be terrible i think this is yeah it's it's really not that bottom terrible. tier x-men oh definitely bottom tier i give it two and a half stars mm-hmm. i'm i'm not a fan of sophie turner is that a two and a half dean recommend or a two and a half no, dean not I recommend i wouldn't recommend it but i did not mind watching this at all definitely better than the last stand yeah like there's getting comparisons to that like it's this is not yeah. even close like people are saying oh they basically just did it again i don't think they did it again i think this shit's all over the last stand okay i think the problem with this film is is it's just very forgettable. We've seen so many of these now. It's just this. They're all just blending in together. Yeah, it's just. Especially with us, considering that. We've just watched them all. Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't blame you for that. Yeah, it's very much the same formula. Let's go through the motions here. And man, Jennifer Lawrence is so annoying now as Mystique. She's so high and mighty. She really just does not look like she wants to be there at all. So she doesn't. <laughs> all right, two and a half. Fair enough. All right, got a few reviews on Dark Phoenix from Restore the Republic. Dark Phoenix was nothing sensational, but solid enough considering it was Kinberg's debut film as a director and Hans Zimmer's score helps elevate the material into something that's relatively compelling. A small-scale superhero character study. From interpreting the stars, not as bad as people put it out to be, but there is a massive feeling of indifference from the cast, as if they didn't want to make the movie, but their hands were forced. Also, lazy effort put into costume and makeup. Great visuals and action, though. From Milstead on movies, quite possibly the worst X-Men movie. I think that's a bit harsh. The director's inexperienced shows, and some of the cast members clearly couldn't be asked. Yeah, there you go. There you go indeed. Speaking of going, my next film is Before We Go. What is this? This is a little romantic piece 
sort of uh, before sunrise-esque. Oh, you must have got the Blue Jay vibes, I guess. I did get some Blue Jay there vibes. There you go. I'll give a shout-out to patron Josephine Allen is here. She recommended this film to me, and yeah, I'm glad I saw it. I, I recommend it. I give it three stars. It's about, it's got Chris Evans in it. I think he also directed it from memory. Really? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, definitely bearded Captain America, Chris Evans. And Alice Eve. Do you know Alice Eve from anything? She's out of my league. Star Trek Into Darkness. She was in that Black Mirror episode with Bryce Dallas Howard. Was that gone? Nosedive. Oh, okay. Well, that's what I would have seen her in because I haven't seen any of the others. Oh, I saw Into Darkness, but who remembers that film? What would you have known her from? Nothing. Oh, okay. I don't know her. Um, well, you do now. But basically, they have a chance meeting in the city and they spend the night together. Not in like a sexual way. They walk around the city a lot talking about... Mm, their, sounds like Before Sunrise. Talking about their feelings and um, their lives and all that sort of jazz. So, yeah, obviously very Before Sunrise. It's It even has before in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does too. It's obviously not as good as Before Sunrise. I never fully bought the chemistry between Chris Evans and Alice Eve. And a film like this does kind of rest on that. So that is why it does only get a three stars from, from me. Because the film, at its, at, its, at its best, this film does have a lot of heart to it. So yeah, I enjoyed it. Cool. All right, Hendo, I've spoken enough. <laughs> it's on to you. Well, I think you can continue speaking here because I want to talk about two films together. I want to talk about A Dog's Purpose and I want to talk about A Dog's Journey. Why would you put these two films together, Hendo? Because they're a film and a sequel. Not saying that both of them are down the bottom. One of them is, though. Really? Let's talk about the first one, A Dog's Purpose. Okay. I enjoyed A Dog's Purpose. Now, I got a little bit of flack here from Julio from The Contrarians (laughs) (laughs) because I gave A Dog's Purpose three stars and I gave Hutchie two. And then you piped in with a with your old, uh, yeah, classic Hendo. Doesn't know what he's talking about. Doesn't know what he likes. It's like, oh, yeah, all dog films are exactly the same. If I, if I don't like this dog film, then I don't like any dog film. I don't <laughs> think I'll tell you, you, you blokes, you get together <laughs> like... <laughs> oh, yes. No, I like the dog's purpose. What do you think of it? Yeah, so fucking corny. But great. But it got me. <laughs> of course it did for you. I knew that. I knew that you I were just... Can't be, help it's it. exactly your I thought. I really, really enjoyed it. And I connected to this bloody reincarnating dog. <laughs> yes, a tear or two was shed, but it was a nice family story with originality to it. Exactly. Original story. I like how you have this reincarnate dog who goes to all these through these different lives. And what I like about this film compared to Hutchie Julio is that the first two-thirds of this isn't boring as shit. There's a story going on here. I really enjoyed that. It is emotional. I didn't tear up like of you. Of course not. Of course you not. you have no heart. But overall... Have you ever cried, Hendo? Wow, really? I mean, I mean what, what do you want me to say here? Of course I have. But what, do you want to give me a suggestion? Okay, no, no. Have you ever cried in a film, in a movie? Yes. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, I want to know what movie. Armageddon. No, you did not. We've already discussed this. Have you cried since you turned 18 in a movie? I would say when you became a man, but we're still... (laughs) You know what? Ah, you hero. No, no, I'm thinking and nothing is immediately coming to mind. I'm sure I have. Can you teach me how to be as fucking tough as you are? (laughs) (laughs) You can't teach it, mate. (laughs) Especially to you. (laughs) Oh, shit. All right. Yeah, nah. I really like A Dog's Purpose. Three and a half stars for me. Three for me, but A Dog's Journey. Now, I don't know. It's the same stuff, 
but it's done worse. No, you are wrong, sir. Are you kidding me? This film is better. Holy shit! Than a dog's purpose. No, it's not. Oh yes, it is. No, it is not. Oh yes, it is. At least with a dog's purpose, it felt fluent. This one was so convenient, like. Oh, the, it, this whole, no, 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 no. You no. can't say that. Everything that happens in both these films is unbelievable. Of course it it's unbelievable. Happened, but not just the reincarnation stuff. The whole story of it always going back to the same family, all that sort of crap. At least with a dog's you purpose. To, you have to accept that. At least with a dog's it. purpose, the dog goes on a journey to go back to the place. This one is like, oh, I've got to look after the, the, the CJ. Oh, it becomes a puppy. Oh, she's there. Just out of nowhere. There's, there's a point in dog's purpose. He's, he's on the other side of America. This one, two different times he's reincarnated, she's just there. Like Fate, down the road. Endo. Like down the road. Fate. Like give me a break. Love finds a way, nah, I That is your problem. I would not recommend this one. A Dog's Purpose is a decent film that I would give three stars to. This I give two and a half to. You're an idiot. This uh, sequel nah, here we go. takes the initial story and improves upon it marvellously. You are a joke. The corniness, it's all still here. You need to suspend disbelief, Hendo. But you know what? I bought it, Hendo. I bought it real hard. You're a joke. I had a great time and I even fucking cried even more in this film Hell! than the first one. I was a wreck in this. There's so many cliche <laughs> people in this film. There's so many cliche characters in this but film. It's not just the dog stuff. What about the relationship between the girl and her alcoholic mother? Cliche. Yeah. Cliche predictable. It's all cliche, nah. cliche corner no, stuff. No, not as much it's as a- great, Hey, though. don't get me wrong. Dog's Purpose is a three star. Okay, It's a just recommend. This is not a recommend. It's certainly not better than the first oh, one. Oh, it's better. It's terrible. You, I that love is, this film. That's a worse opinion than you've given of High Life and The Last Black Man in San Francisco. That I haven't even seen those films. Those are much worse opinions. <laughs> Uh, I give Dog's Journey three and a half stars. Now, so if you're going to bust out a four, I was going nah. to, I'm going to turn off the podcast. <laughs> they're both they're both they're both very entertaining, tear jerky, corny films with a dog in the lead role. So three and a half stars for both of them. Is Hachi still better? Well, I give Hachi three and a half. Yeah, I think I, I think like, that's your go-to dog movie. Or three and a half. I think I like these two better than Hachi. Well, at least I can agree with you there. I was I, I was definitely more of a mess at the end of Hachi, but I think these two. As you say, consistently are better. Is this your go-to? Like you, any dog movie now, instant three and a half. I need to watch Marley and Me again. Oh, Marley and Me is great. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a dog film I'd, I'd give you a three and a half to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right, I've got a couple of reviews on A Dog's Journey from the short and sweet film reviews, Live, Die, Repeat. Whatever you want to say about the Bruce Cameron adaptations, when it comes to movies about dogs, I'm only a man <laughs> and a weak one at that. Oh, I'm right there with you. Yes, the film lays it on thick. Yes, it does. But by the time the credits rolled, I had overdosed <laughs> on cuteness. Yes! Take that, oh, Take it. Well, this one from Paul at the Countdown Podcast. If you like your emotions being manipulated once, check out A Dog's Purpose. But if you cannot take so much of that, feel free to skip A Dog's Journey, two completely interchangeable films that rub your nose in the mess they've made. Wow. Thank you, Paul, for acknowledging that they are interchangeable. They are as good as each other, Hendo. That's not what he said. That's what he means, though. No, I don't think it is. I think it is. Interchangeable. That's what that means. You can just swap whichever one out. They're as good as each other. What's your number seven, mate? My number seven, when I'm joining the army here, it is Alita Battle Angel. Does it bother you? That I'm not completely human. You are the most human person I have ever met. Didn't I tell you to be home before dark? I just lost track of time. Alita, we have to be responsible. 
for someone very special. Hey, kid. Not just a teenage girl. Hey, what's your problem? He can't remember. What do you mean? Doc found you in the scrapyard. So you must be from up there. And I'm just an insignificant girl. That's what they want you to think. Okay. Why don't I jump in the army with you, mate? I've also seen this film. What'd you think of it? I thought I had mixed feelings, I'll be honest. Me too. Great world building. I like the world. I like the world a lot, actually. It's probably maybe my favourite thing about it. Great visual effects, obviously. This whole film, if it didn't have good visual effects, would not work. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it. And I thought the character of Alita, she's obviously the lead. She's a cyborg. Though, she can eat. She get big up on that. Yeah, she's a cyborg body, but she's eating oranges. And I'm just, half the time, I'm like, what's what's happening with that? What's what's going on? It's physics, Hendo. Oh, she had- I just throw a physics word out there. That no, solves no. everything. Yeah, it was the quantum physics. Yeah, shut up, mate. <laughs> um, no, Alita. She had she had depth through her. Like she's a genuinely layered character, which is good to see. Yep, great heroine in this film. I agree. I think Alita is a very good character. I I also enjoy that world building. There's the dialogue sketchy. Yeah, I mean, I think Jennifer I think Connelly is like nothing. What gorgeous. is her? What is her character? I think when you can, when you know what the next line in a scene is going to be because of how corny it is. Yeah, that's not a good sign. Yeah, writing's not that not that good. Mahershala Ali is just coming in for a paycheck. Man, he loves playing these villains, doesn't he? You can see from looking at him here why he got Blade. Doesn't he just look like Blade? I mean, the only Blade I know is of Wesley Snipes. So, like, uh, does he? Does Mahershala Ali look like the comic book character? Just or, in the black leather with looks- the glasses, he just he it looked like what Blade would look like. Okay, it'll be interesting to see him as Blade. That would be great. Who are we kidding? I think my issues. Uh, I feel like this film was already setting up multiple films. Yes, And this doesn't feel like a film. No, exactly my biggest issue with the film as well. It doesn't feel like a complete film. Yeah, and the ending, I think, is terrible. Yes. Oh, for sure. This, this, with a in. ridiculous cameo at right at the very end. Did you see that? Oh, if you're giving me that face, you don't know. You did not see that cameo. No, no, no. I saw it. It takes... Yeah, I mean, I'm, we're not going to spoil it, but... Yeah, no, I, I remember. I remember. No, you don't. Yeah, I do. You just told me, so now yeah. I remember. <laughs> Yeah, that, that was my biggest problem with this film, is that it's not an entire film. I don't mind, you know, obviously the visual effects, world building is good, but there is some things that bring it down for me. So for me, it gets three stars. Me too, three stars. All right, here's a review. Just the one for Elite Battle Angel, Mackenzie Lambert. Elite Battle Angel, great world building, a charming lead. Christoph Waltz stands out. Nice use of CGI. Robert Rodriguez can shoot action coherently. Story and dialogue are awkward, but that's James Cameron for you. All right, on to my number six, which is Equilibrium. You didn't like Equilibrium? No. Why not? It's it's, it's just ridiculously cheesy and... You know Christian Bale's in it, don't you? Oh, my mistake. You know it kind of looks like The Matrix, don't you? Yes. That's what I was... What I'm like, why Why is this a thing? Oh, it's a thing. I looked at the uh, release date, 2002. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> you got this weird Matrix rip-off thingy where... Uh, it's, I don't. Th- I think it's more than you're giving it credit for. No, I think I don't. Okay, I don't mind Bale's performance and the, and this whole sense police and all about feelings, like being outlawed. I, I like that t- side of the story, but when it gets into the stupid action, I just I, it just felt exactly like it is, like a early two thousands action, which doesn't hold up anymore. And I'm watching it going, this is dumb. This is so stupid. I just didn't have a good time with it. It's two and a half for me. Well, you're an idiot. All right, after that witty comment from Dean there, let's look at some reviews. (laughs) 
comment. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that comment to be judged. You were meant to be providing the witty comments. You've said nothing funny. You've not you've not provided anything. What? You've not provided anything I can bounce off. Say, I don't need anything. You just bounce off yourself. See, I'm giving you material to bounce off and you're just It's just not worth it. You can't think of anything. It's just not worth it. Let's go to Julio the Contrarians. Spends too much time world building, not enough time telling a coherent story, ends up with its head up its own ass. All right. What about this one from Proper Movie Reviews? A film where someone on this earth thought a hybrid of The Matrix and 1984 would be a good idea. And here's one on the different perspective from Modes T. Equilibrium is an action-packed reimagining of 1984 by George Orwell with a splash of Lois Lowry's novel The Giver, and it's fantastic. Just sit down, don't take yourself too seriously, and enjoy. Do you mean don't take the movie too seriously? No, stop taking yourself so seriously, Hendo. Can't do that. (laughs) Not with this film. Okay. Your number six, mate. My number six is Extreme Job. The hell is this? So this is a... South Korean film, obviously not North Korean. So it's an action comedy, okay? Okay. It's about a group of police officers who are terrible at their job, who wind up having to pose as chicken men, I guess. What? Yeah, it's it's different. Chicken men, what do you mean? Like they sell chicken in a chicken restaurant. Okay. And women. There's a woman there as well. It's really funny, man. It's really surprisingly funny. Like I was laughing a lot in this film. I'm not sure. I was trying to think like foreign films... Comedies? Yeah, English dub or you watch subtitles? Ah, subtitles. Bang, good stuff. Oh, it was fucking pisser. Like it's <laughs> watch the first five minutes. If you don't like it, turn it off. But the first scene, it's gold, man. It's right. gold. Extreme job. Twenty nineteen? Yeah, twenty nineteen. Wow, alright. Characters are good. The story <laughs> No, it's not like the story's really good and there's similarities to something else, which I won't mention because it's a little spoilery, but if you watch the film, you know what I'm talking about. The third act gets a little, a tad serious, whereas the rest of the film's really funny. But that that usually happens in like buddy cop movies, that sort yeah. of thing. So definitely recommend if you can uh, watch Extreme Job, get your hands on it. I mean, that title itself, man, just <laughs> it, it gets you. <laughs> it's uh... Extreme Job War. <laughs> Got to check that out. How extreme could this job really be? <laughs> Uh, my number five was a leader battle angel. So back to you, mate. My number five was a dog's purpose. So back to you. Oh, my number four was a dog's purpose. So back to you. My number four is roll red roll. Oh, that's my number three. So let's talk about that. Okay, I think it is a great documentary about rape culture in young men. I think it's a good documentary. It is shocking that there are places that exist like this, and not like you know, crazy places that aren't like the places where... These are just normal town. What I like about it is the the contrast of the American football hype. Like, yeah. you get all these... The heroes. The TV shows, the movies, heroes. yeah, about the culture of American football and, like, college football and how it's just such a big deal in America. Like, it is ridiculous mm. how much people get into this shit. And then here's the other side of it. These kids who think they're above everything, that yep. they can get away with whatever they want... And and the and cover the cover ups yeah that's the thing they ca- they think they can get away with it because they do continually they are so blatant in how they are posting this stuff online like not um like rape videos but almost as close as you can get without posting a rape video is what these guys are doing and they don't care they are laughing about it. there is this video they show at one point where this guy is just laughing his ass about yeah. it and oh it's it's hard to watch like it's really rough. I find it fascinating how the investigators were able to piece together everything that happened that night based off old 
tweets. Yeah, tweets and Instagram and Facebook, just timestamps of people yeah. saying stuff. It's really they, impressive. They could get it all together. Yep. And, you know, you get the storyboards of who was connected to who, mm. all the diagrams and that. The thing that drags it down for me is that when it gets to the point where you find out that it is a bigger cover-up than what you think it is, it's really just tacked on at the end. Like, it's a really small amount that happens, and then they just move on. To, like, I thought they could have incorporated that a bit more, but overall, I still think it's a very good documentary. Three stars. Yeah, no, fair enough. For me, it's three and a half. Fair enough. All right, what's your number three? My number three is A Dog's Journey. So back to you. That's <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> All right, my number two is Homecoming, a film by Beyonce. Now, film is a stretch. It's really a two and a half hour concert of Beyonce at Coachella, where she, uh, she was the first African-American woman to headline Coachella with basically home videos cut in between certain songs of how she got back to who she was. Like she just had her twins at this point. She needed to find herself. She wanted to make this concert the best concert it could be. Obviously, she, you know, it's a historical event. She's the first African-American woman to be headlining this. And the bits in between, I didn't mind. Like overall, the concert is fine. I don't mind Beyonce as an artist. I like some of her songs. And when the concert was playing and the songs were going, I was okay with it. Like I was having a good time. Some of the performances she puts on with her and her crew, they're good to watch. When you see the bits in between, it kind it just feels like she she feels like she's she's more she's better than us, I guess. Like this is her like, oh look how much struggle I'm going through. This stuff. I'm like, yeah, this happens to a lot of people. I'm sure this happens to a lot of like I'm sure there's a lot of people who do these sort of concerts who give out go to go on tours as well who struggle with keeping up with their life. And that's really what brings it down for me. Like, I'm sorry, are you saying that this film has some sort of focus on how hard Beyonce's life is? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Wow. Yeah, and that's what kind of brought it down for me. Like, Beyonce, I know you do a lot of stuff, but you're Beyonce. And I feel like there's a lot more people out there that do this as well on a day-to-day basis for a, a, a rough living. Uh, it just dragged it down for me. Still, it's three stars. I enjoyed it enough, but... Not not the super high praise that everyone's been giving it. Very interesting. My number two is Parasite. Okay. We have a bonus episode on that. Yes, we do. So if you want to hear my thoughts and Hendo's thoughts on that one, go and check out that bonus episode. All right. But that is my number one as well, Parasite. Very good. Can't argue with that. But I'm curious. Your number one. My number one is Hotel Mumbai. Yes. On my watch list, ready, ready to go. Tell me about it. This covers the true story about multiple terrorist attacks in, God, I don't even know what year it was. After 2000. It was 2000 and something. I don't know. Maybe 2008? Anyway, huge terrorist attacks in Mumbai. And this is incredible, this film. Yeah. This film is so tense. There are moments here where, like, me and Britt were watching it, we're just like, I want this to end. Like, this has gone on too long. Like, scenes just linger with how... Like, they know what they're doing. The filmmakers know what they are doing. They are playing with the audience so much. They do it so expertly. Like, you are seeing true, horrific things going on. It's shocking. It is shocking what these terrorists were doing. But at the same time, which you don't often see in films like this, you see things from the terrorist point of view a lot as well. Mm -hmm. Like, the movie actually starts with the terrorists. But you see them with... You know, families with weaknesses with, I don't know, it's just, it's quite confronting. Yeah. And I just thought it was a really brave film. One that just had me, it had me glued to the TV. Like seriously, it is nonstop 
from start to finish. Performances are fantastic. Dev Patel is, is in this. Yep. He is incredible in this. Mm. Army Hammer's, Hammer's in it. Yeah, great filmmaking of a truly horrific event. A must-see, Hendo. Must-see. That's you, Hendo. I've got it on the list along with High Life and The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Well. So you're saying I should watch this one first? No, watch this one last. <laughs> so I can get the taste out of the other ones out of my mouth. Your words, Hendo. I think you said that. All right, Hotel Mumbai, number one. Very good, sir. Oh, four and a half stars, by the way. Of course. Parasite was four and a half for you, too. Parasite was four. Oh, that's right, it was, too. So, Parasite four, Mumbai, four and a half. Excellent. All right, that's going to do it for this Pod V Pod episode. Thank you very much to Alex and Julio from The Contrarians for coming back for a rematch. Had a great time with you guys, as usual. Yeah, they're always good for a laugh. But next week, mate, it's your choice. We've gone with Catch Me If You Can. Yes, I have gone with Catch Me If You Can. Yes. So I'm looking forward to watching that and getting into it next week with you. Sounds good. All right. So thank you very much, everyone, for listening. And we will see you next week for Catch Me If You Can. Bye. Bye.